In our last episode, we talked about how the co-created approach can make all the difference to the launch of your community. Today, we continue our conversation about using the co-created approach to nurture and grow your community. Anna Maria Dorgo is back sharing a wealth of tips and tricks that she has used in the Butter community to fuel its continued growth. This is an episode you don't want to miss. Welcome to The Thriving Community Show, bringing you proven tactics and actionable advice from leading experts and community professionals. We talk about how to create a successful membership business. I'm your host, Philippa Yilstrom. Today, I'm talking to Anna Maria Dorgo, head of community at Butter and founder of the L&D Shakers community. This is the second part of our conversation about her work in launching and growing the Butter community in this past year. Anna Maria spoke last time about how she set up the very foundations of the community in close collaboration with the Butter software users. These were potential community members. She used workshops and feedback loops to define the community's values, mission, and yes, even to decide on the type of vibe this space would have for its members. Today, we're going to discover other ways in which Anna Maria uses a co-created approach to community design and community nurturing. Welcome back, Anna Maria. Thank you so much, Philippa. It's great to be back with you. Yeah, well, where should we start today? We have successfully, in our last conversation, um, launched Butter. <laughs> so where should we go from there? Yes. Well, I can take you take you back to that moment. I think last time we talked, I've mentioned our launch event, the launch party, which was a, a day full of workshops that we designed and were hosted by community members. And so that was a big celebratory uh, party. And from there, uh, you kind of like uh, enter the normality, right? Like people are on the platform. We had already set up a couple of event types um, because we're a community uh, of facilitators, of facilitation. Uh, we're hosting in our work, in our daily life, a lot of workshops. So it was very natural for um, the community space to have several type of events that we can experiment with since this is what we're doing in our in our jobs. And I think we were two or three months in and things were going uh, things were going pretty well. We were uh, working with our workshops and uh, the mm, challenge that we were having back there was, how do we stay top of mind as a community that lives in circle, which is, requires a very different type of behavior, a very mindful, a specific one. It means that you have to open a different tab, make sure that you're finding the community there in order to spend time there and see if there's any value for you. And so we, we really started thinking on how can we, A, uh, be top of mind for our members and potential members. So how do we bring the goodness that we're doing within the community hub, 
bring it closer to them. And we went with the weekly newsletter, weekly digest, and the um, social posts that we're doing on all of our our channels. But also we really wanted to make sure that at the very beginning, obviously when you're putting a big group of practically strangers in a virtual space, um, they do have the opportunity to meet people through events and socializing and through the welcoming channel and so on. But still it's kind of the challenge is how do we get those natural serendipitous conversations going, the questions, the discussions. And so my clearly what I didn't want to do was when members were finding their way back to the platform, they would see my name plastered all over that space, right? Events here, resources here. So me being the main voice that was kind of driving the engagement in that space. And obviously I was I was there, but I wanted to create that diversity of perspectives of tones of voices, personalities, and interests. And from my work with the L&D Shakers previously, I already knew the power of a community core team, a group of people that you're gathering around you as a community initiator or designer and leaning into their support for ideas, um, experiments, projects, content, etc. And so um, I pitched this idea and we went for a, a core community team of who were aiming for five. In the end, we, um, we picked six people because the applications were really, really amazing. So basically we did a call to action uh, in, the, in the community and we told people, hey, I'm searching for five community members that are equally passionate about facilitation, butter as a product, and community building and bringing people together. And um, this is a one-year assignment. And basically their task would be to support me, A, with the community strategy in terms of vision, ideas, what are new things that we can experiment with, but also in implementing it. So very hands-on, very hands-on role. And the what's in it for them, they will obviously get free access to the product during that year. Uh, a, they would have a bigger, broader look behind the scenes in terms of the product connection to our team, to our product team, to myself, etc. And they will be actively able to steer the direction of our community, right? And so we got, I think, 12 or 13 applications, interviews followed, and then it was really, really hard to pick uh, and, and decide who, who's going to join us um, for this year. And now we have a team of six amazing facilitators from all over the world. They're literally spanned from one side to the other. Um, different levels of expertise, also different focuses, UX design, facilitation, learning and development. And they're just they're just my right hand, right? I'm, I'm very lucky with uh, their support and their dedication and motivation to what we're building. And, um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's how it all started. Your time and attention are two of your most precious assets. So I'm honored you are using these here with me by listening to The Thriving Community Show. I'm Philippa Yilstrom, your host, advising business owners how to build successful memberships to earn recurring revenue and drive business growth. If you too 
Want the competitive advantage and steady cash flow that building a membership can offer? Then head over to my website, philippagillstrom.com. And yes, there are a number of ways to spell Philippa, and my last name is Swedish, so let me spell that for you. P-H-I-L-I-P-P-A-G-I-L-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. Let's connect and have a conversation. Wow. And, and okay, I'm thinking because people that are going to be listening, some of them are going to be wanting to set up their own communities as well and learning from these conversations. So um, a question that sort of pops into my mind is, how did you decide on five or even six? Because I would imagine that that depends on how many members you have. And, and how do you work that out? How many people would I need for the number of members, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. Well, I didn't, I don't actually, I don't have a formula or an exact specific, very objective way to decide that. I knew that the group cannot be too big. Why? Because you want the core team members to have space. Like one of their main motivation is obviously to have that experience, to be able to steer, to be able to get involved. So the moment your group is too big, obviously the tasks will have to be divided. So everyone will take a very small piece of responsibility. And also I knew that this is a voluntary role, right? So they do get incentivized up to a certain extent, but these are all members that have a full-time job. They are busy people, they have their projects, they have their lives. So this is just a side project for them. And so three or four would probably be very limiting because I also know that there will be moments or months where some of them will say something else in my life requires attention at the moment and I need to step aside, which is something that they definitely have the option to do and the freedom to do, and they will be met with understanding from our side, right? So then I thought, oh, five would be like this magical balancing number. And then we ended up with six because I couldn't really, I couldn't really decide. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking, so just so that we can get a, a an idea. So how many people were in the community when you were making that decision? Because now, now you've got to go back. Yeah. We were around 450. Yeah. Okay. I think that's valuable for people to, to hear the numbers. Yeah. So that they can say, okay, 450. And Anna Maria had sort of five, six people in there. So they can get some sort of feeling, even if there's mm -hmm. obviously no golden rule around this. And, and I guess it also depends on the type of community, what it is that you want them to do and what it is that you have to offer as well. So anyway, I, I still think it's really useful to kind of like get a ballpark feeling around this. Yeah, I, I think that what really matters is in, if you want to look at the numbers, like the weight of the community versus the weight of the core team is really trying to define the tasks of the core team. So what is it that they're supposed to be doing? Because if indeed you kind of like divide it per spaces or per topics and they require a lot of high touch and they is expected from them to do a lot of one-to-ones with all the members and, and, and things like that, then obviously then it becomes much more objective to decide how big the core team should be in order to service, and I'm saying this with quotes, uh, X amount of community members. Um, we, we didn't go that far, so we don't, like that's not necessarily something that we track because their goal or the things that I really was keen for them to get involved with were very broad, meaning they could 
with their interaction or through their support, they could reach all of the community members, right? So it wasn't that one-to-one kind of personalized interaction that we were going for. Mm, Okay, okay. And um, I'm thinking as well, again, how did you decide on the types of tasks that you would like them to do? Was this something that you did? You said also there's an application process. So I imagine as well, there had to be a certain level of decision from yours and, and the butter's part what it is that you kind of are wanting, what it is you're offering, because otherwise people wouldn't know what they're applying for. They'd be like, yes, yeah, great. I mean, how, you know, how much time is this going to take? You know, as long as a piece of spring. So, so again, I'm thinking of no, having spoken to you before, I imagine that there's going to be a lot of co-creation around this and collaboration. (laughs) However, I also imagine that somewhere you're having to make a decision and and define something. So tell us, how was that? How did that process, how did you take that through? Yeah, so you're you're exactly right. There was a basis there. We knew when we launched this project, we knew more or less the three, four, five things, projects, tasks that the core team should be involved in as a basis. And on top of that, we're exploring every single time we're meeting things they're passionate about, their ideas, projects that they would like to get involved in and how much they can take on. Um, and then and then we just go and we co-create, right? And we adjust, adapt along the way. The things that we really, really started were around um, innovation and experimenting. And I guess that's top of mind for every community builder, but especially when you're right at the beginning in the first year, when you're just building the community, it is crucial to keep on trying new things and see exactly what add values, what sticks, what resonates, what doesn't, and, and experiment with those things. Keep on bringing those fresh ideas. So for me, it was really, really interested that I work with creative people and passionate people. So throughout our um, selection process and with also in the application form and in the interviews, there was a lot of emphasis on how would you imagine this space? How What is a rich uh, space where people can connect and learn and get together? How does that look like in the most concrete way? And if you were tomorrow to implement three ideas to engage these awesome facilitators from all over the world, what would you do? Um, and how would you do that? So very specific on new ideas, fresh ideas, fresh perspectives. So that's the whole brainstorming point of it. Um, Then there was a very clear task from the beginning on, the task of community engagement and the task of content when it comes to the community hub or the platform we're in. So obviously in Circle, we have different spaces for different topics. And we really wanted the core team to work with a content calendar where we would plot in who is prompting what, when, in which spaces, sharing which resources, starting which type of conversations, attending which type of events, etc. So we work with the content calendar. That is something really practical. We plot the ideas on each day and each week. We know what are the rituals that we want to include and nurture, what are the events that are upcoming. And then every one of us goes and and picks a slot and makes sure that that it gets done. So that was another test that that they were doing. And then the third one was very much based on advocacy and bringing butter into their own community. So we really looked, as I said, I wanted to 
collaborate and work with a group that was diverse. Um, I didn't want everyone to have one type of experience. So we went from people that are running workshops in different settings and are part from different communities, whether those are product communities, UX communities, learning communities, design communities, branding communities, et cetera. So each and one of them was already a community person per se by by their definition. They enjoy being part of communities and they're not only active in our space. And so I lean on so much on them to search for speakers, to search for experts for the AMAs, uh, for them to promote and talk about our events and also the product in different communities. We get invitation for demos because they talk about us in different spaces. So they are very big branding and community advocates for us. And they open doors to a lot of interesting collaborations with other communities and influencers in the space. So those were kind of like the three main things, experiments and creativity, content, content calendar, making sure there's an influx of inspiration in the community hub, there's constant conversation. And the third one, advocacy, talking about us, opening these opportunities to meet other people actually and uh, have more impact through collaborations. I really like as well that you have clear guidelines and yet it's not very prescriptive. It's not you have to do this every single week and it's going to take you this amount of time. There's still this feeling of empowering and I get to choose. And and again, they get to choose which content they feel happiest and, and most passionate about writing about, talking about, whatever it is. Can you give us some examples? Because you're talking about innovation and experimentation and testing things out and making mistakes, things that work, things that don't work. Can you give some some examples where you as a group have been experimenting and creating things and how well they have gone and perhaps not gone as well? Because I imagine that because you are opening up and saying that there is, you know, the first thing is innovation and experimentation, you are also, and we're talking about facilitators as well and learning and development. These are also people that that know that if you're not making mistakes, you're not learning. If you're not getting messy, you're not growing. So can you share some of those with us? Yes, I can give a couple of examples. And I know that we we said, you know, innovation, but I want to set some expectations. It's not that we're kind of pushing some boundaries and kind of merging into new unwalked paths and so on, at least not yet. But there was, for example, there was something that uh, one of our um, community core team, Rachel Davis, she came up with this idea, I think it was beginning of this year in January, when we were talking about type of content and how do we bring people on the platform and what is it What other ways of knowledge sharing can we experiment with that are not our typical workshops? Because it's very natural for us to navigate, gravitate towards events that are synchronous in butter, where we meet with people, etc. But at the same time, we also wanted to cater for those people that prefer to learn asynchronously, those very busy people that cannot block an hour in their calendar every week to join an event. So how do we reach those members. And she had this amazing idea. And this is, again, not something revolutionary. It's something that a lot of communities are doing of an async, ask me anything um, session 
that is happening once every two weeks in the community space. One of our community members takes over and anyone can ask them any questions related to the three, four, five topics of expertise that they're bringing at the table. And so this allows us, A, to diversify those voices, really invite people that are working in different fields with different projects, and cater to a varied audience. So we can bring in someone from L&D, we can bring in someone from strategy, someone from product, someone that works with clients, someone that's within a company, et cetera, and then start the conversation asynchronously. So those conversations are happening in chat, in the forum, and we always take, take those learning and bring them back into the newsletters and into uh, social media as well. So that we actually have noticed that because we're using a certain space for the community AMAs, because we work with tagging, pass the tag along to someone, we're, we're constantly looking at our member base and we're thinking, okay, so today we have Philippa and she is an expert in community building. So who in this space might be interested in this topic? So we go and we tag actively people. And it's like, hey, Philippa's here. Like, don't miss the opportunity to pick her brain. And that's raised the level of engagement because those, those days were, we noticed the number of active members in the, in the hub being increased. And also the space we're hosting, the AMAs, is now the most visited, most active space in our community, right? Which, is, which was what we were going for. So that's one of them. And the other one was something that uh, we experimented with very uh, recently. We started the experiment last month. Um, as the community grows bigger and bigger, the challenge in any type of community is how do we make sure that we still nurture that personal welcome, that personal touch with people when you have hundreds and then some thousands of members there. And we, we do try to go and have coffee chats like in between us as a core team with different people that we find interesting and people that we would like to learn more of their motivation and why they have joined us. But we noticed that our say hello space or the welcoming space, and I have to say that Circle or any type of community management platform for that matter has an onboarding flow. So I know for sure that anytime someone joins the community, they see a video of myself welcoming them. They see a guiding tour of the community space explaining what each space is all about. Where can you post? What can you do? How should you behave? Where do you find events, et cetera? So what's the value, the mission, the purpose? So there is an onboarding flow, but is is automated, right? So, and, and that's, that's very clear that it's automated. And so how do we make sure that we still kind of build that personal connection and make our members feel welcome? And the idea was really, uh, it came I think from Kinga Kirali, she's part of the core team as well. The idea is really simple, actually. How do we have a post per month where we're welcoming new members? Uh, we tag each and one of them, everyone who joined the previous month, we tag them and we ask them a couple of prompts and we ask them to introduce themselves in a chat and we invite every other community member to welcome them and cheer for them. And also adding a link to an invitation of a social event where we're running those once a month or once every six uh, weeks. And it's an event purely based on connection and networking and meeting people uh, and fun. And we're inviting them to join the next socializing event. So we experimented with that last month. And I do have to say that there were so many comments, uh, so many gifts, so many reactions and such like a tangible 
feeling of welcoming and joyfulness that we're growing and we're meeting new people and adding new members to our space. And it's definitely something we'll keep experimenting with afterwards. And it's beautiful when you use those prompts and people start to share personal stories and they're sharing images and they're giving you a glimpse into their personal lives. Yes. And I've got several questions here. Okay. So these are two things that have actually been working and have been created by members of the core Mm. team. There was a couple of things as well that you said. You said about passing the tag along to somebody. Mm. What did you mean by that? Yeah. So that's something that I'm I'm doing uh, all the time in both in the butter community and in the shakers community. You you meet people, right? So you're 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 in touch with people through events, through coffee chats, uh, messages, etc. So you get to learn things about them. So you get to learn, A, what is it that they do for work? B, what are they passionate about? What are they learning right now? What's on the top of mind for them? What type of collaboration they're searching for? So as you go learning more and more about your members, you have the opportunity to tag them in different posts or conversations that you think are valuable for for their interests, for their motivations, for their journeys. And you're also building connections potentially with other people passionate and interested in the same things. So that's the one that is very purposeful and meaningful. And we we also have the pass the tag along just for fun, where you're passing the tag and we actually encourage members to pass the tag to someone that they don't know. Or another prompt that Monica used, she's also part of our core team, Monica Fallardo, she uh, had a conversation topic and the prompt was, after you're answering this question, pass the tag along to someone in the community that does not live on the same continent as you do. So from the other side of the world, right? Yeah. And if you don't know them, even better. Or pass the tag to someone that has the same initial uh, for for their name as you, right? So me, Ana Maria, you with P, Filipa. So these are all these kind of fun ways to tag people and get in touch with people that you don't know. Yeah. So, oh, so that's great. the past the tag along yes. game we're playing. <laughs> so, okay. So again, and I'm understanding it, it's, it's not just something that the core team are doing. You're getting the whole community involved in this and they understand that the rules of the game, as it were, hmm, in, exactly. when, it comes to, when it comes to tagging, et cetera. Then back as well to these ask me anything topics. So they are asynchronous, the whole thing. So there isn't a live event. They they are during a day or during a, where, where that person a day. Then can, a day. Okay. So that person then, whoever the expert is, and is it is it an expert from within the community? It sounded like it was. And also, can it be outside experts too? Yes. So majority are from within the community because we do want to shine light on the awesome things and expertise that we have within the space. But sometimes either myself or someone from the core team is meeting someone in another community in an event on LinkedIn, et cetera. And they think, oh, wow, this is like such a unique perspective onto something. How cool would it be to have them as an AMA guest, right? In our community. And everything happens asynchronously. We pick a date a week before the set date, there's always a post with save the date. So we announce it and we say, oh, watch out next week on Thursday, we're having Philippa. She's the expert. This is who she is. That's her background. And these are the topics that you can actually ask her anything about. And so we have the save the date post. And then 
on the day itself, in the morning, we go with another post and we say, hey, it's happening. It's day. Philippa's with us. We welcome. We would welcome the expert. And then uh, we also post on, this happens in the community space, but we're also equally on the butter LinkedIn uh, page. We're also posting that we have the expert and there's the AMA. So we invite anyone who's interested in that topic to join the community and join the conversation. And then we follow along with the tag. So usually after we post the post, the first comment is, I'm tagging here some members who I know they're working, interested in learning more about the set topic. And then the tags are following. And then we invite them to ask a question and join the conversation. Equally, everyone in the core team engages, asks questions, tags along people, and so on, just to get that conversation going. And then the experts, they're really making it their own. So we had experts fully answering in videos on the two minutes uh, or uh, in text or with images. And the replies are, because the questions are so diverse, the replies are a wealth of not only personal experience, which you would expect, right? Because it's, it's a question that I answer. So then I always bring in my experience. But there's absolutely so much information in terms of resources. So where, where, where do these people learn? What do they read? Which frameworks do they prefer to use? We tend to ask this question a lot. Like, what's your learning playground? Where do you do your learning? What uh, inspires you this day? What was something that you learned and really kept you thinking? So then there's podcast lists and frameworks and PDFs and images shared around and books and so on. So it makes those conversations very tangible and very practical for people to find these little gems little gems that you're very tempted to bookmark and and keep like in your treasure, <laughs> in your treasure box. Yes, a lot of, a lot of bookmarks, I could imagine. And, and a lot of books as well, that you're suddenly, your book list must be getting quite long. <laughs> uh, and I'm also thinking, so this person then is answering during, you know, their waking yes. hours, because I mean, you, you're, you're an international, global yeah. community. So, and, and can people leave questions before that day? So that you have a bunch of questions or do you open it up literally on that day? Yeah, we never experimented with uh, people as leaving questions before that day. I think that's actually a very good idea. Probably we are testing it out with the next AMA that we're having, but they're, they're leaving questions on that day. And yeah, I mean, if, if the host is in the States and they're, they're waking up obviously much later than we do in Europe, and then they will pass by the community hub and they will find the questions there. The same, sometimes it happens that a question pumps, pops in the thread the second day, the host, like if, if they're tagged and so on, they're still able to answer it. So it's not that they're not allowed to answer it anymore, right? But everyone knows that being async, you won't have an answer in the next two minutes, right? So you will have an answer eventually, uh, but it might take 30 minutes to get an answer or an hour or a minute, right? So that's, it's very, um, it's really loose. It's a very loose format. I like it though. I like it because as well, I was thinking those that are getting up in Asia, obviously getting up, you know, quite a number yeah. of hours before they're getting up on the West Coast in the States. And, and so again, I was thinking, well, how are you solving that? Because they will have dealt with possibly quite a lot of the questions and want to maybe close down for the day. And then people in the States are kind of getting up and going, so now I've got my questions. Oh, they're no longer here. So they they can then answer these questions yeah. the following day, and and I guess there's a, there's the goodwill to do that as well. Of course, of course. And it's interesting again how you're getting the core team involved in helping the momentum get going on that day as well. And I can imagine as well now that there is 
a, a tradition. You've created a ritual, a tradition, something that people are looking forward to. And you said you're doing this every other week. That's quite mm. often yes. to be organizing this and bringing in new people and ask me anything. One more thing as well, I'm noticing, and I want to highlight this for our listeners as well, is that you are t- not talking about butter all the time. And this is important. The community is, is not forced to, well, we're, we're, we're a community for the software company, Butter. don't speak about anything else because they're not employed, are they? They get to talk about their jobs and, and, and how yeah. they use Butter, obviously, in their jobs. And yet I can imagine that some conversations perhaps won't even mention Butter at all. Correct. Yes. Um, but we were, I think this very much depends on the design and how you set up that community. But we were very purposefully, we designed the space where both our users as well as non-users would find value. And even if you look at our circle and the community hub, you would find we actually have a section which is called Butterland. And those are questions about butter and feature requests and what's new in the product. And here are like all the videos and tutorials, but it's very much synthesized or grouped into one space of the community. And if so, you're a facilitator, but you're not using Butter yet, you can still come in that space and find something in other channels that, yeah, that doesn't even mention Butter, right? Uh, But it mentions facilitation, facilitators, methods, tools, etc. Yeah, but that was that was a very mindful decision that we took because otherwise we could have also said this is a space um, and only our users or only our paid users or however granular we want to go, only they have access here. And so I'm sure that if the space would have been only for our users exclusively, no one else can access the community, then probably the conversations would have been slightly different than what we're having now. But we wanted this community to be a community for facilitation or off facilitation. So anyone who would like to develop and hone that skill is more than welcome to join. And if they do realize that Butter is this perfect, amazing tool that helps you be a good facilitator, even if you don't have years of experience behind, then even better, right? But that is, that's a side effect of the space we're creating, the connections, the events, the value we're bringing. Um, because at the end of the day, everything happens in, whenever we're meeting, we're meeting in butter. So they are very aware of the tool and in touch with the tool and in contact with the tool. But that's, it's a side effect, right? Like that's not the main thing that, that we're striving to do there. And I imagine sometimes as well, perhaps they're working in a company and they're not the decision maker to decide whether to use a tool like butter or not. However, it doesn't stop them from talking about butter in the highest and most colorful and glorious terms Correct. in other situations when they're networking. And, and it's like, oh, well, we don't use it because we are, but I would love to use, or I exactly. can recommend and come into the community. So this is also a really good way of opening up for potential customers and clients to get a real feel of what, what butter is and, and, and test it, really test it and, and work out, is this something for our company or is this something yeah. for our organization? This is, again, has been such a rich and interesting conversation with real actionable steps and tips that you've shared with us today, Anna Maria, around the core team. I, of course, am really curious 
to know how many people are going to be applying to be on the core team. The next term you turn, you open up for the application process, you may find that you have a little bit more on your plate. <laughs> Go through and decide. <laughs> well, we maybe we need a bigger team as well, right? I don't know. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely uh, it's a rewarding journey and we're learning all the time and tweaking and even in the way we communicate with each other and collaborate. I mean, we're in different time zones. So literally the only way, the only time where we can all meet is at 3 p.m. Central European time, because that's when our colleagues from Asia and our colleagues from the States can join and still they're still making a very big effort to right to be in our meetings. So there's all it's all about experiment because they're also it's a team that's distributed, right? So we also have that layer of complexity on top. How do we communicate and collaborate async? And it's it's a great learning journey, I have to say, for both for myself as well for, for them. Um, and we're still finding our ways and um, learning and improving as a team. Uh, but it's it's really fun. And how often, because you've mentioned that you do actually meet in it together, how often are you meeting then? Uh, once a month. Once Okay, so you meet once a month. And then I imagine you also have your own space within the Butter Correct. where you can continue to discuss and leave videos and text messages. Yes. And all all that and our Notion Hub for all the content and the projects and the content calendar and uh, all all the good stuff. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Anna Maria, for today. It has been glorious. And we haven't even got to talking about your L&D Shakers community. So you know what I'm going to say now. You're going to have to come back. (laughs) Yes, I'd love to. There's a lot of things happening there. Uh, Some very similar, some very different because the community has a slightly different purpose. Uh, it's also much more mature. Uh, we're almost uh, three years old, much bigger core team, much many more events and opportunities to get involved. Yes, it's just uh, we're, we're a couple of steps ahead. Fantastic. Well, there so, you go. Yeah, happy to share. Exactly. Talk about the next stages of a community, because as, as we were talking last time, Butter isn't even a year old yet. Now we're mm. recording this in June. So by the time this episodes may come mm. out or people are listening to them, then Butter may actually be a year yeah. or two years old. Who knows when people are listening to this? Mm. However, at this particular point in time, Butter is still very, very young and doing very, very well. So Again, we will invite people to click on the link that we have here to join the community at Butter. Check it out. Turn up to and ask me anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm very curious about that event. I'll, I'll tag you along next time, Philippa. <laughs> the best to tag. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes, exactly. And then, I, and then I have to pass it along. Sit along. I? Yes. yes I, I will. Oh, it's, it's like this sort of relay race in, in my head. What fun. Thank you so much today, Anna-Maria. It's, it's such fun talking to you. Thank you so much. And I can't uh, wait to, uh, for the next one. Yeah, I know. Oh, we have way too much fun, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that wraps up another broadcast of The Thriving Community Show, brought to you by InfoStack, the number one discount bundle site on the internet, helping you get hold of premium collections of tools, training and resources so you can achieve your goals while saving up to 99% off the retail price. And that, my friends, seems like a pretty good deal to me. Find out more at infostack.io. Remember too, 
that when you buy from InfoStack for the first time, use the special discount code only you get for being a thriving community show listener. Use the word THRIVE when you check out and get 10% off your first purchase. The bundles they put together are already ridiculously cheap. And now you get another 10% off. Be sure to head over to infostack.io. They release about two new bundles a month and have the occasional flash sale too. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a raving review and share what you learned. It really helps to spread the word about this podcast so more businesses and entrepreneurs can use the power of community and create greater impact in the world. And finally, if you need help building and growing your community and membership site and earning recurring revenue so you can spend your time on what matters most to you, head on over to philippagillstrom.com. Let's have a chat and uncover what you can create moving forward. That's it for this episode. Breathe in deeply, pause for a second, and now go be fabulous you.